Hello and welcome to season two of the Bearded and Nerdy podcast, your home for news and reviews on all things superhero. We're talking movies, TV shows, comics, conventions, you name it, I got it. I am your host, Michael Georgie. And it has been quite some time, and you might be wondering, Georgie, Georgie, why is it season two? Why is it season two? Well, first things first, you heard it here, new theme song. And it is pretty much a universal claim that if something has a new season, a new theme song, then it is a new season, right? So then we've got that. And in January of 2019, I actually started this podcast, right? Um, I took some birthday money and I paid for a distribution service. So that way when I was able to podcast, it would put on this, be put on the Spotify's and the uh, Apple Podcasts and all that good stuff. But... Come January of 2020, I was a little bit more financially strapped. And Podbean, who is my distribution service, was like, hey, you want to pay that money and have a distribution uh, and distribute your podcast again? And I was like, no, Podbean, I don't think I'm financially ready for that. But, you know, I'll get back to it. And Podbean's like, okay, and then charged me anyway. So now we have season two. I have this this subscription for another year. So expect at least another year of podcasts. There it is. Two. Pa- uh, it is the second payment, second theme song, therefore season two. Welcome back. I actually have missed it. I have missed podcasting quite a bit. And I've had all these thoughts and these ideas. Um as to what I wanted to do um, for season two, I've got I've actually contacted some potential guests already, but you know we had all these topics, and I moved, I relocated to Orlando, Florida, right? So all of like so Duncan and Brad are typically my co-hosts, or mostly Duncan, sometimes Brad, and. We had all these topics. We were getting ready, and then I moved to Orlando from Tampa. So now we have to put some of those topics on hold, but we've got some good ones. Um, so, But now that I'm kind of back in the swing of things and the current uh, global situation has given me some more times, so I'm uh, excited to get back into it. Um, so you may be wondering what that current uh, global situation is, and that is um, – as of right now, the uh, COVID-19 or the uh, coronavirus is now a global pandemic. And um, it's pretty bad. And as of now, my uh, county has been issued a stay-at-home warning. So, like, basically, uh, we cannot uh, go outside or go anywhere just for, like, leisure. We have to be going to get groceries or medicine or going to the bank or something really, really important. Um, And honestly, whether or not they enforce it a lot, I think it is a good idea that I have been issued the stay-at-home warning. Um, I think that's the right thing to do to make sure that we're protecting all of our people that may not do as well uh, if they contract it. So I'm just happy to be doing my part. Um, Right now, I'm not going into work, but... um, I have a lot more free time now, so I'm not going into work, and I get to really invest in my creative creative outlets, and podcasting was one of them, and I figured, well, if there wasn't an excuse to start it now, then there never will be one, so we are really, really stoked. So getting into it, right? So from season one, we had these sort of uh, segments right before we got into 
um, the meat of the podcast, we had two segments. The first one is, what were we into this week? So basically, whenever Duncan and I were into something, interested in something that wasn't necessarily superhero-related or pertinent to the topic, um, that that was our time to kind of express that. Our, our nerdiness can be expressed in other outlets, and we get more time to talk about that. So that's what I'm going to sit here. That's what I'm going to do here first. So we've got, uh, what was I into this week? Well, um... I was finally able to start digging into some comic books um, now that I've fully moved into my apartment. Um, and I've done a lot of interior decorating. And the bulk of my interior decorating has been um, pretty on brand. I've got, I, as I speak, in my workstation, my Aquaman Trident and a uh, very nice Aquaman print I got at my first con is hanging to my left. And I've got um, the voice actress for the dubbed Naruto. Um, a signature from her and a Naruto print I got the last Megacon I went to, and that's to my right. So uh, we're staying on brand. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of what I've been into this week. It's just a lot of nerdy decorating and some comic books. The first comic book, I, I should have touched on that actually, was um, the comic book I'm looking at right now is, what is it? Oh my God, it's the sequel to, it's God Bomb. It's the sequel to God Butcher, the second line in this store, Thor story that predates the Jane Foster Thor comic line. Um, it's a really, really great read. Art is fantastic. Uh, Gore the God Butcher, he's the main antagonist, is a f amazing antagonist. I would love to see him in a new MCU uh movie i think that he would do really well in thor 4 um and i but the only issue for me is that i don't feel like he's a one movie villain i truly do believe that like if you're gonna do go or the god butcher right he has to be like thanos level he has to be an issue for a while so that's kind of what i'm thinking so again thinking a lot about those comic books god bomb i'm loving it so far um, and then I am digging into the Shazam Monster Society of Evil. Very important. Read the first comic book crossover event. And that's something I might touch on um, in a future podcast because Shazam, I think, is a really big deal right now. He's really important, and I think we should be talking about him. Um, so that's the first segment. Uh, what have I been into this week's? And a little tangential, but such is the Bearded and Nerdy podcast. Uh, Duncan did a really great job of keeping me on task. So I am sorry if this one seems a little wild, a little wacky. The next segment was... Da, 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 da. Oh, yes, our superhero news, um, basically. Um, I would discuss any sort of major superhero news we've gotten between the last podcast and this one. Since the last one was like literally last year, a very long time ago, um, I'm going to go ahead and say... I'm going to try to keep it more current. So um, a lot of us know the next MCU release was going to be the Black Widow movie. It actually looked really, really good, right? You know, um, typically I feel like Black Widow never really got her due in the MCU. Um, I have a whole thing about that. I think Scarlett Johansson's a really great actress, gave the best performance in Endgame we could have ever asked for. She was incredible. Um, but I feel like Black Widow just keeps on getting fleeced. So I was excited to see this movie, but of course, due to the situations I described at the beginning of this podcast, we are um, experiencing a global pandemic. So a lot of things are closed. My job is closed which is why this is coming to you. And obviously, um, movie theaters are going to be closed, and it may not be open up again on May 1st, which is when it was supposed to be coming out, and it is um, Sunday, March 29th at the time that I'm recording this. So we're kind of in it for the long haul, and uh, 
obviously Disney wants to alter their marketing. Um, so that way they're not promoting a movie that's not going to be coming out anytime soon. And um, we don't know when it's going to be coming out. We don't have any rescheduled dates for the new Black Widow. And as you know, the MCU's on a pretty tight schedule. They've got a lot of releases um, coming up here in the next few years. And those are going to be very, very important that people watch those Disney Plus shows. Um, in between those, because we're starting to get a lot of that, we're gonna a lot. They're gonna take a lot more from Disney from the uh, upcoming Loki and Falcon Winter Soldier movies or shows than we expect. So that's gonna be a pretty, pretty tight schedule. So we're gonna. I, I'm interested to see how the MCU is going to handle this. Um, as far as other things that have been canceled in our nerd world, a lot of my friends uh, here in Orlando, especially, I have a lot of friends that I've met met through cosplay and conventions, and my buddies back home, Brad was gonna, Brad and I were talking about this. Um, a lot of cons are closed, and my Florida buddies will know that uh, MegaCon is um, can't it's not canceled; it's postponed until June, which is giving a lot of us a good time to uh, up spend on our cosplays so that way we're not cotton crunching although i know we all will inevitably do that anyway um it's a real shame so megacon has been moved from da, 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 march or april to june june 4th through the 7th and we don't know how that's going to alter our um our guest lineup i was a big fan of the guests that they had got um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they adapt. I, Megacon to me is a top-notch con, and a lot of like really, really seasoned cos, uh, con attendees um, sometimes like to hate on Megacon because you know it's mall con, it's a big con, but I love it. I love when it goes a little Hollywood. That's where my comic book stuff is, so it's a good time for me. So it's a shame to see kind of what happened to it. I, um, of course, I'm I'm being selfish. I'm naming our Florida cons, but a whole slew of other cons have been postponed um and all around the country megacon is just the one i know the most about since i'm pretty much in the center of it so that's our news and i will say uh despite the bad news i'm pretty hopeful for the future i think that a lot of our general public is taking this whole uh covid19 thing seriously and i hope we continue to do our part and basically if doing my part means staying inside, expect a lot more podcasts. Um, I'm going to try to be more consistent this season. Get my money's worth. All right. So the next uh, segment we're going to talk about is the meat of the podcast. And I've been wanting to do this one for a while. And I think this is going to be the perfect time to do this particular topic. It's a review. And if you can read the title, then you know what it's going to be about. But I'm going to be talking a little bit about Wolverine and the X-Men. It's uh, of the animated series that have come out regarding the X-Men and, well, all the other media. Like, obviously, we have a, our series of X-Men movies and the Hugh Jackman Wolverine films. This particular show gets lost in the mix. I don't think people talk about it enough. And I... Uh, it's not like I've been fighting for this for ages. I just recently decided to rewatch that show because I got Disney Plus, and I was pretty much floored with the quality. I watched it because I remember watching it when I was a kid, and I had a really great time with it. Um, but for some reason, um, I had forgotten about it. I had forgotten a, a lot about it, and then I was super shocked to see it on Disney Plus, and I was stoked, super, super stoked. Um, 
I it was the biggest flood of nostalgia I think I'd ever gotten when I saw that Wolverine and the X Men was on Disney Plus. Yeah, I thought I thought that was just the coolest, the raddest thing in the world. Um, so again, I've kind of hinted Wolverine and the X Men is an animated show. It aired on the Nicktoons network. You might be wondering what it is. When did it air? How many seasons? How do you find it? How And why do I recommend it? Well, I got all those answers. I got all those answers. So what is it? Wolverine and the X-Men, as I stated before, is a animated show that aired on the Nicktoons network. It aired in 2009. And it had one season. It had one season, despite it being rated very well. It was a very high-marking, very successful show when it came out. But uh, Nicktoons did a whole bunch of advertising for it. Um, So for a show like that, it did incredibly well. But in all this, there was this, this issue. When Disney was in the process of acquiring Marvel, it is a Marvel Studios show, um, there were financial issues because Fox owned the cinematic rights to the X-Men. So there was no prerogative for Disney to make an, a Wolverine and the X-Men show and uh, for the second season, and they kind of just like dropped it. So... It was set up for another season, and I'll kind of talk about that a later. Uh, later. Um, and it was reviewed well, and it just didn't get a second season. So, how do you find it? Well, again, I said that I found it on Disney Plus, and the reason I'm recommending it on this podcast is because it's on Disney Plus. So many of y'all have Disney Plus. It is a 25 episode show. This is a perfect binge. 25 minute episodes. It watches a lot like like an anime. It does, um, in that it's a nice, isolated Wolverine and the X-Men story. It, it has a beginning, has an end. The um, There's a little bit of a teaser to the second season at the end, but you could totally end it off at that first season finale, that first season finale and be like, yeah, great, great story. It's inspired the... Uh, one thing I love about it is the visuals. It's inspired by uh, heavily by the Astonishing X-Men comic run. Um, it's very, very bright, very co- colorful. Wolverine spends a lot of his time, what I think is great, spends a lot of his time in like that classic X-Men yellow, but he also spends all his time looking like Hugh Jackman with the green uh, tight T-shirt and the jeans and that big V-taper. It watches like a comic book. It's so well done. And I'm a big fan of of those those shows and movies that watched like comic books. I always say this about Aquaman. Um, I um, have seen Aquaman quite a few times, and I'll tell you that like it is good because you have to change the perspective from which you're watching it. You have to watch it like a comic book. And X Men and the Wolverine, or Wolverine and the X Men, um, do the same thing. Um, so. It's a great watch. Um, it doesn't require one to know much about the X-Men prior to going into it. Um, it does a really great job of establishing each character and who their power and what powers they have just kind of in the first few episodes. So you really don't need to know a bunch. I mean, if you're watching the show, you likely know who Wolverine is. You likely know who Charles Xavier is and you likely know who Jean Grey and Cyclops are. So that's all you got to know. You you can go into it pretty blind. Um, it's simple, but it, it, keep in mind, it, it was a show that aired in 2009 on the Nicktoons network right so i would have been 12 at the time and i'm i'm 23 now 
Um, pretty sure that's how math works. Not great at math. Um, but I was, yeah, I was right in that target demographic for, um, tar I was right, right in that target demographic for this show. I was tw 12 years old. Um, a lot of people were right. So it ha you have to appeal to that, that demographic. Um, so it's simple, but it's not too simple. There's this really great twist at the end, not going to give too much away, but it's worth watching to the end. It really, really is because you're kind of like three episodes out from the end and you're wondering, oh man, like, I don't think it's going to resolve. Well, I don't think it's going to resolve from here. I don't think you have like three episodes left. How are you going to fix all this? And they do. It's truly, truly a great watch. Um, in addition, there's a, it's, there's great action. It's not like, you're not going to get like Hugh Jackman Wolverine action in this. There's not going to be blood. It aired on Nicktoons. But um, the fight choreography is really, really great. I think the uh, actions are pretty like indicative of the powers as well. So I love how they choreograph like beasts versus wolves. Wolverine's fighting style and Nightcrawler is super entertaining to watch in this show as well. Um, there's lots of bouncing around in the plot too, so you won't really get bored. So basically there's like a bunch of subplots that kind of form to create this one major issue. Um, so bouncing around all those subplots, you don't necessarily um, have any you're not spending too much time in each place, so you're pretty much always entertained. The one thing is that when there are times when you'd rather focus on like one story and you have to jump to another one, you get frustrated because you're like, you want to know what happened to these characters. So that's a really great watch in that regard. Um, there's also really great character moments. I'm going to talk a little bit about that later. Um, but the great thing about this show is that um, – there's a bunch of wolf, there's a bunch of um, bunch of characters. Obviously, you have your main guys, right? You got your Wolverine, you got your Cyclops, your Charles Xavier, uh, Beast, uh, da -da -da -da, Jean Grey, right? So the big ones, Storm. But then, like out of nowhere, you know, they do a great job of introducing these smaller characters to where you're curious about them, right? So you don't need to know who this character is, but if you know who they are, it's very exciting that you see like an iteration for this character. And it did it for a lot of char characters. I think they did a really great job with like, um, oh, Avalanche is great. He plays a recurring role in this. Um, you get, uh, he's a pretty big character, but my favorite character is Gambit and he's like a really cool catalyst for the show. Um, so I just love seeing how much love was put into the show, right? These creators, they had to have read the comic books to know who all these characters were and he put them, to, they put them to use. And I just think that's so really, really, that's so rad that the creators of this content care as much about like the source material as say I do, or a lot of people do. So they feel like everybody kind of gets the same experience, right? I just think that's super, super rad. Um, so what's this show about? Um, and if I go on to... Uh, I like to read the IMDb um, description of it, and I think they, they cover it really well. So after an explosion at the school, uh, X-Men went their separate ways, but they must unite once again under the leadership of Wolverine to prevent an, to prevent an inevitable war while also dealing with present problems, right? So that is that's, – that's the plot, right? Plain and simple. Basically, um, it's another big thing that – in this show, Wolverine rediscovers what it means to be a leader. Like, Wolverine has a... Yeah, there's the main plot, but this whole show, I think, the underlying thing is Wolverine learning to truly become a leader. Um, 
I think it's a really great plot because we're fighting this fight without having a clear idea as to what the rev, like what the solution is. It's like we're reverse engineering the conflict, right? So the idea is there are moments and why I think it's simple but not too simple is yeah, we've got to stop a war, but we know the end result, right? So we've got Excuse me, hold on. My laptop is acting funny. Please stand by. All right, we're back, right? So let me uh, try to backtrack. So we're reverse engineering the plot here. We're reverse engineering the conflict because we're trying to start. We're trying to stop a war, but um, and why the show is simple but not too simple is that the reason why we know this war is inevitable is because we're communicating with characters from the future. They're doing this days of futures past thing. So Wolverine is being talked to by some important characters that survived the war that was coming on, uh, but. Between the humans and the mutants, um, which basically results in this apocalypse. And there are characters from the future that are telling them what this apocalypse is like, why nobody in this war before war between humans and mutants wins. No one wins. And we so we know the end result. We're trying to stop that from happening, but we don't know how to do that. So it's like where it's like a mystery in some senses. It's really well done. Um, so I, they, another thing that I think that is cool, and I touched on this just a second ago, is that they paint the human mutant war um, and conflict in a really complex way. And I think in a way that highlights what the X Men are truly, like, truly all about. Um, I, so for people that are unfamiliar with this particular property, the big thing with the X-Men, why the X-Men exist and why this universe exists is to explain that these mutants are treated like lesser beings because of how they were born, something they cannot control, something they cannot change. So they're defined by just having this trait, by having these superpowers, these mutated abilities, and not as people. And as such, the government and just the general public doesn't treat them very well. And the X-Men are here to stand up for mutants that are incapable of protecting themselves. Um, and that's really explained in a really great way because, right, so we've got the these politicians in the show that are looking to um, get all mutants, like, chipped, basically, making sure that there's a registry of all the mutants so everybody knew where they lived. That doesn't sound familiar. And um, it's really crazy because you've got you've, that's the situation and there's the x-men that are trying to stop this war but they're these they're the peaceful mediators then there's the brotherhood right um the brotherhood of mutants is led and they have a similar thing they're trying to protect mutants that can't defend themselves but they want a war with the humans they think they need to be more offensive they think that the mutants need to be standing up and having a revolution where they are on top right that's magneto that's his role in this story um magneto has an island called genosha that acts as our safe refugee camp for uh island not camp like island for all these mutants that have been turned away by society and that becomes a very big plot point so the i they paint it they basically paint it in a sense where you don't disagree necessarily with the brotherhood of mutants you don't disagree with their premise 
like we, everybody should be treated as equal. Everybody should be treated like a certain way, but we don't need to fight that with war, you know? So um, that's what the X-Men are about. So there's like that conflict. You understand, you empathize, but you can't always agree with their methods, um, which is great. Um, in this, in this um, show, I think you get one of my favorite versions of Wolverine. Wolverine in this show is one voiced by Steve Blum, who is one of my favorite and one of the most prolific voice actors of all time. Um, in addition to all of Steve Blum's video game stuff, you get um, he was the Spike, he's Spike Siegel in the English dub of a uh, Cowboy Bebop, which is heralded as one of the greatest dub performances of all time. So um, he is Wolverine, and I think he does a great job of capturing that comic book Wolverine, like gruff voice. And Wolverine is still the Wolverine you know in the sense that he's kind of crass. He is kind of, uh, he obviously is a little rogue and will oftentimes act in, um, kind of like act on his impulses and not necessarily do his, do the thing that's, um, in the best interest for himself or for a larger group of people. But in the show, he now, because Charles Xavier has gone missing in this explosion, um, and Jean Grey's gone missing in this show, he has to step up and be the leader of this reunited X-Men. And what you get is this gruff, but this fatherly Wolverine. You get dad Wolverine, and it's very cute and very good. Like, I just love um, that you feel that for the first time, um, Wolverine's intentions are very pure you don't get to see wolverine kill anybody obviously because this is a kids show the target demographic was kids between the ages of like 9 and 13 and now me i'm gonna rewatch this show 23 years old fight me the um <laughs> it's a great watch and you don't kill people in this show you reference getting killed you can do that you can be like oh no don't do that you'll get killed or oh no she'll die like you you get that but you don't get wolverine impaling people he does rip the mess out of some sentinels though and as i mentioned before it's a very dynamic and compelling fighting style um that i think was really really well done so um not so macho he's pretty fatherly again we have um tons of tons of characters i touched on before i love the certain character moments i feel like beast gets a really good role in this he's kind of like second in command uh he was the co-founder of the new x-men um Obviously, you get Rogue. Um, that's a really big deal um, in pretty much any X-Men property you do. She's done very well in X-Men Evolution. Um, so she's in there. Gambit, of course, he's my favorite. And this is probably my favorite version of Gambit. Um, I think it's really well done. Uh, who knows what a Channing Tatum Gambit was going to do? That was, that was, that was, remember guys, that was a thing. They were going to do a Gambit movie, and Channing Tatum was going to be Gambit. And I don't know if I hate that. I love him. I love Gambit. Um, so we get that. Nightcrawler has some amazing, amazing, amazing moments. I love Nightcrawler in this show. Um, and then you get a bunch of, like, again, smaller X-Men. You get – or smaller X-Men characters, rather. Um, all sorts of, like – uh, Angel's pretty big. He was big in the show, in the movies, but you get like, again, Avalanche is really, really great. I think that one's super, super rad. Um, so yeah, lots of characters and again, great voice acting performances. I think that the voice actors do a really great job. Um, it is a kid's show, so obviously the dialogue is something to be a little concerned about um, because sometimes because it's kind of 
in a sense a little like neutered like you can't like go all out in terms of dialogue on a kids show but um there are some great uh dialogue moments and there's some bad dialogue moments but the voice actors all did great phil lamar is gambit in this and phil lamar is one of my favorite voice actors he was uh, static shock and uh samurai jack so he was a great gambit in this and then uh tara strong was in this as multiple characters so you know tara strong i think she was like what timmy turner and a billion other people um Forgive me if I'm wrong on that one, uh, but I do know Tara Strong to be a very, very prolific voice actor. She's uh, the voice of an entire generation for sure. Um, so, yeah, there's just a lot of reasons to watch it. Um, I, I don't know what else to say other than give it my review. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10, which I think is pretty much on the line with like a lot of um, like Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 8 out of 10. And IMDb gave it an 8 out of 10. And I can't say I disagree. I think it's a great watch. Again, there are some things that retracted it. There's a bit of 11th hour development uh, towards the end just because there was so much that had to be wrapped up. Overall, satisfying ending, I think, but um, a, a little rushed. For sure. You could tell that they thought they were working with two seasons or uh, were unsure. <laughs> um, another thing is that because it is a kid's show, sometimes the dialogue is not as su as, uh, as successful, but I think the voice acting makes up for it um, quite a bit. I think that though you can watch it without knowing who any of the X-Men are, I felt like I enjoyed it more because I like the X-Men and therefore maybe having some bias. So I'm going to go ahead and knock it down just a hair just to kind of like say, hey, I really like the X-Men. So I may be pushing it a little bit, but I do. I am genuine in my review. I'm not trying to over uh, compensate anything. I think it's a really great watch, but you know, some of it could just be me. So maybe and somebody that doesn't isn't as excited about seeing avalanche for a little bit or bishop i love bishop um and you could be like oh yeah that's gonna make that nerd happy so yeah we'll, we'll take it down there um so yeah solid eight out of ten and that's my review for wolverine the x-men please binge it while you are being safe and quarantining and self-isolating and social distancing and doing what's right for our society and our community and uh do your best with what you got i know a lot of us are struggling right now a lot of us um um, may not be so lucky to work from home uh, and a lot of us are able to keep us going because they're working from home so everybody just keep on doing what you're doing i love what everybody's doing here and just tell me what you guys want me to do to podcast about i uh, will be putting out a lot more of these since i'm going to be spending a lot more time inside um so please give me topics what do you want to know um, who do you think would be a good guest on this show? Uh, what do you want us to talk about? I am open. I am open. All ears. Please, please, please. All right, guys. That's uh, Georgie. You can find me on at bearded uh, underscore and underscore nerdy um, on Instagram. And that's, that's where I talk about this sort of stuff. Um, you guys take care. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye now.